<laughs> Welcome back to three MFA. <laughs> My name's Caleb John Cushing. Um, hello. I'm here with Brandon and Josh. How are you guys doing? Good. I'm good. Good. Uh, tired, tired. Been working a lot. Have not been sleeping a lot, but I'm uh, happy yeah, to be here. Out of the three of us, he, Brandon is, is a working man and uh, we appreciate his work. Brandon's the breadwinner and Josh and I are the housewives <laughs> sitting around waiting for the money to be made. It's, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah pretty much. I keep the apartment clean though. So that's good. Josh does. Josh does all the chores. I'm, I really, I'm dead weight, but <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, just weird that's okay. in, it's just been weird in COVID times, you know, like everything's odd. In, in, uh, the year of our Lord, 2020 PC COVID. <laughs> Um, have we been yeah. is it post covid yet or no 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 i mean especially not for you guys you guys are in new york it's like mid covid for you well in new york it's fine in new york like it's the the our levels are are much better than anywhere else but it's still kind of hard to to watch just everybody else just kind of yeah you know it's uh it's scary it's very 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 yeah. scary you know what would make it even scarier if the Senate decided to take a vacation right now? That would be the worst thing ever. I couldn't imagine if Mitch McConnell and the Republicans decided to hold Americans' health care and funds hostage for you know bipartisan reasons. I cannot imagine if that was the case. At least that's not happening, right, guys? Right? Right? I don't know. Right? Been, there's been uh, I mean, I hockey feel like on, uh, so <laughs> I haven't been watching sure. the news. Um, you know what we have been watching, Josh? Sorry, I because you brought it up right before we started recording. I'm in a manic episode, if it's not clear. But uh, the WAP music video. <laughs> yeah. All those, these hoes in this house. Um, I think the song's great. I think it fucking slaps. I think it's a banger. Um, have, do you guys know who Ben Shapiro is? Yeah, obviously. Yeah, of course. So have you, did you see his whole thing about it? I, no, like, no. So he, he's, he think he fans, he's like, he's, he's got such bad takes. Like he obviously he's an idiot, but he was like, my dad, you know, is a classical musician. So like, I know, and I can speak with authority that rap and hip hop is not real music. And it's just like, blah, blah, blah. So like he all, already like horrible. Wow. And then he sits down and he goes like, he tries to like dissect this like <laughs> song, like line for line. And cause you know, he can't, his like Republican values, whatever. And it's really funny, but the most craziest thing that he said, and you can, t- he's serious. Like this is what he actually thinks. It's not like a joke. Um, first of all, he doesn't say pussy. He says P word. So he, he goes like wet ass P word. This like grown man. <laughs> um, and he said that like, I'm paraphrasing, but he said his wife is a doctor and that's actually a medical condition. And that like pussies are not supposed to be wet essentially. So he just like dry snitched on himself that he can't arouse his wife or like any woman ever to like the world as if like, he's like oh, owning the libs my and it's, God. and it's been like the funniest like, can, I can't, like, can you believe, I can't, I'm shocked. I mean, yeah. It's a medical I, I, condition. I that's, <laughs> that's crazy. I, so I watched the video for the first time yesterday because, uh, I don't know how it got popped up, but is there something between Lizzo and them or anything like that? Because I feel like this would be a perfect video to have like Lizzo featuring mm. in. Because it's all these, you know, these thick women or whatever, and like celebrating their asses and whatever. Celebrating you know? their asses. <laughs> I think it's more about like embracing female sexuality sure. in general. Yeah, okay, but 
both, anyway, both point of views are good. I feel celebrating I feel, the thickness. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But I feel it's like co- it's COVID, baby. Maybe she didn't want to get sick. Maybe I don't know. I just think it's it's uh, it was funny. I, I laughed, and then all of a sudden, Kylie Jenner isn't it? Kylie Jenner. I wasn't James Corden in it for a second. I don't know. I, that that was, it would have been real quick because yeah. But there's like you know tigers and leopards and <laughs> tigers and leopards cool. and cordons. Oh my! Um, <laughs> um, I, I, th- I, th- I think it's a fun. I think it's fun. I think it's, it's great. a cute beat. Like it's a really cute beat, and it's like, crazy it's, to watch like people like lose their fucking minds so on Twitter, funny. being like, "Oh, this is disgusting. Oh, this is like uh, uh, you're setting a bad example." It's like, God, like what the fuck? Like I what just happened? feel like this like, is the same conversation <laughs> that happens every week with like any new music video that comes out. Uh, yeah. I feel like it's definitely like this Just is the easy to the extreme and yeah, well, that's but I think that's fucked up. Like, yeah, we'll listen to like any fucking like I don't agree you know, with it. like Kanye or Drake or whoever rap about their dick, and then it's like yeah, and then like these women. Or like I don't know, it's just fucking like. Awful well, I mean, there's always that that double standard in anything. Yeah. You know, it's it's the same with what you'll see a lot of with Kamala Harris, you know, and like shit well, like that. And it's like <laughs> Kamala Harris is a cop and made her career locking up half of fucking Chicago. Like, I don't think that's the same thing. I, I think sure, there are definitely people yes. like that are racist and that uh, shouldn't be the point of attack. It should be like, you know, these are not the people that should be running the country even just because they're Democrats. But yes, racism is never okay. But you do, but you do it. But like it's, it's the women like, and the ambitious thing or like they, they shouldn't, you know what like like hold your you know go, let us do it you know type of thing and i don't know if that's you know i i the only other you know rapper that i know extensive work from you know it's like eminem says so much awful shit awful shit and his songs said. about everybody said that, you know said yeah there's a difference what he said he doesn't continue to say awful shit well, just his raps are awful, period, now. His, his raps, like, I mean... The, like, <laughs> He's the, just bad now. So it's I, we're all very, here. like, I, you know, I love I love our, our manic states because I could I could go into a lot of... I didn't really have much sleep last night, so my state is kind of like... <laughs> Josh is just um, trying to get through the morning, and I'm, I'm like, trying screaming to get at his the, face. He's, he's screaming at my face. Yeah. Because I can easily... I'm on that line where, like, if we... <laughs> If we talk anything about like politically or Republicans or the fact yeah. that we can't support anybody because everybody is nobody can change in nine years or no 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 the, uh, Josh, I'm, really I'm gonna move us away from this conversation but like, no I think it's important the, the tone, I think it's important I know no no but Caleb's tone when it, like as soon as because I went Kamala Harris you know VP pick which in itself is a great thing in terms of just the what's it representing like it's the, it's representation we talk about representation representation all the time and like having someone like her where people can look and be like oh look it like this is and like maybe yes yeah, she's done some shit but it's like the idea that and it's crossed both spectrums of like somebody does something or does something this way back in 2009 11 whatever but they, that they can't evolve and change and work through it and grow as a human being. But that's not what I'm in saying. In 2020, <laughs> it's the same reason why Republicans still bring up Hillary Clinton didn't vote. Okay, know, didn't no, Josh, like I hear you, but that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> back in 1980, I hear you, but that's not whatever. what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that it's like I think you have to do both. I'm voting Democrat because it's more important to right. fucking fix everything to get Trump out of and office. And everybody but, should. But I think you have to, in the same breath, you have to be able to say Biden did fucking awful things to this country and created awful infrastructure and awful bills. Kamala Harris did 
awful things. You have to hold them accountable. It's not like Trump was bad, like, and if you criticize the Democrats, you're pro-Trump. You have to be able to, like, we're voting for you now. Of course. We're holding you accountable. We're not going to forget because that's how we make actual change. So that's what I was saying. Yeah, so hold them accountable after they fucking win the election. Like, that's the thing is, like, when they're in office, yeah, fucking read them the, the you know, the rights, their rights and, like, do these, like, investigations. I don't think... It doesn't lend ourselves as a community and as like a country to two days after she's picked because, you know, it's yes, it was an easy process. She was already vetted when she was running for office or whatever as a presidential candidate, you know, but like last night already the birther claims are coming out of Trump's fucking mouth that she's not even American. And it's like it's this horse. But that's shit different than what like, I'm talking about. That's racism. That's different than right, what I'm okay, talking about. Okay, but then okay, so going back to your point, it's it's this idea that like we still have to now we have to pick apart. And I guess it's because my feed is I have a lot of mix of things. I will have a little percentage of like, you know, the Republican side of my family. I'll have the liberal side of my friends, so like then I'll have the Democratic sides and like whatever. And I'm just kind of like reading all these things. And the fact that two days after she gets nominated, I'm already just people are still just like you know, I'm not I'm I'm voting others or I'm voting whatever and and just holding this straight like, you know, I'm standing in my convictions no matter what. And it's like time and place, bro. Like in January twenty first when we're signing those people into office and we can finally breathe a little bit and you know, and deal with it, then we can be like, Hey, remember that time? Hey, remember that time? How are you gonna change, you know, how are you gonna change with this? And I'm sure in the debates they're gonna be, you know, bringing that up against her and like a Biden and things like that. But then, but it, but it's probably not because it's all just going to be fucking overcome with the fucking bullshit that Trump's doing. And the fucking, ah, it just, it's, it makes me infuriated. And like, and I get it. I get it, Caleb. I, I totally get it. Like she is, she was not like the most, per, like the most, the most perfect. <laughs> she was not the perfect candidate in a lot of people's eyes. And, but human beings aren't perfect. I don't think in politics now, currently, you're never going to find somebody who checks off every single one of the boxes who has a clean record ever. Which is exactly what I'm trying to say is it's important to say them in the same breath. The reason that it's important is when you have conversations with the people that are like, they did this thing, so I'm not voting for them. You have to acknowledge to those people that we need for the votes to win the election, you have to be like, yes, I agree. They're terrible fucking people. And we need to acknowledge that and make sure that everybody knows. But also, you still have to vote for them. Because once people have those two things as one, when once that's the reality, then we can start to dismantle the two-party system. And we can start to dismantle all of the problems. And Brandon, I know I'm sorry you're Canadian and this is like frustrating for you. But like, I also think it's important to talk about. Yeah, I'm sorry, Brandon. Like, <laughs> he asked how we were doing and this has like literally been my like last couple. I'm because it's life. It's life. Fucking That's It's life right now. Like it's everything. Like you right can't now. turn away from it. And it's like, this is important because it's in fucking three months. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, look, I'm not gonna lie. I hate this and I don't think this is what our podcast is about, but I understand it's important. So that's why I've shut <laughs> no, up for we'll, 10 minutes and we'll, let it run. You yeah, because yeah, I do no, understand that I'm, it's important. I'm done. I'm done. And it's like, well, it a, hasn't been a 10 good minutes, con- but okay. <laughs> it's a good conversation that you guys are having, you know? Um, Caleb Blank like, is her own podcast on just, it's no, I mean, in a very serious way, like it's, it's important. And I agree with that. That's why I have like, shut, like shut up. Cause you guys both know that I, that's probably the longest I've ever gone in any conversation we ever had without interjecting. So, <laughs> um, no, uh, in a, I think in a there's various, a, like, it's, I think a, there's it, a, uh, sorry. I just think there's the stigma of that. Like politics is not something you can talk about or that there's like, 
you know, I don't want to be political, blah, 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 blah. But that's why the fucking Republicans have gotten away with everything because they've tricked people into thinking that politics is not something you should be talking about. I think everybody should be talking about it all the time. And we're an arts podcast. And guess what? Arts is politics. <laughs> well, it's, it's funny. It's art is politics. And I think it's interesting how, like, they've created these bubbles and these systems and trying to get sports back up. But yet we haven't done anything in terms of trying to get. You know, what? what is that investment trying to get theater back up? Like, it's like the whole entertainment industry, meaning like TV, film, theater, shows, music venues, whatever have you, have literally stopped for the last six months, but you know, everyone's still enjoying their streaming services, yet all of us sitting here going, like I had a friend, because I, you know, my unemployment got slashed severely. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm I'm contemplating, like, I can't pay for my headshots in a week like I thought I would because I thought, you know, some sort of, you know, human experience and empathy would have arisen in, in our pocket. Again, this is kind of a doll. That's what's it's frustrating, Brandon, on my end is, like, it's all fucking connected, which is stupid because, like... Because I'm like Kayla, like we, I've been told not to talk about it, and every time I raise my opinion, then I get yelled at by other opinions, and I haven't able, I haven't been able to get the backbone to like stand up for myself and not get anxious and the anxiety and the depression that I'm feeling right now of choosing rent over headshots to yeah. further my career, and to to know that I all I can do is create, but then it's 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 debilitating, it's paralyzing the fact that like. I can't pay for food. I can't do anything of this shit. And I sit here and I watch the news and I, and it's for f- like for at least three months now, people have been saying tried and true, wear your mask, social distance, don't go to groups, wash your fucking hands. And we're still having an issue. But then you see, you see the president of the United States go online. Yesterday he literally like was asked, why do you lie? So like, do you feel any kind of remorse for like lying? And he's like, huh, what, who? And next question. And it's like, it's just, it's obviously plants. It's obviously this thing. It's the whole thing with the post office. And it's, and you can't, you can't raise your voice or you can't talk to anybody because then people are just going to like, it's, it's all political now. It's like, it's, it's, he's started so that things that shouldn't be political are political. And it's, it's fucking infuriating. And I'm having to, I am having to be told, Josh, maybe you should just go get a job by a really dear friend of mine. And, who I respect and it's like, yes, I probably should because I have no idea when this next stimulus bill is going to be passed. I don't know what's going to be happening. The bars probably not going to be open because you know, AOC, I, I was telling Caleb, like she asked Cuomo, she's like, so how would it, how, how were schools able to reopen, but indoor bar dining and bars aren't able to open, you know, like it's this thing where I feel like I'm just kind of stuck in this thing. That's just, just being forgotten about. And I really fully feel that, but I can't express that because everybody in my family is going to like, nobody's going to call and support. Nobody's going to like whatever. They're just going to say, well, yeah, you know, it's those Democrats. And it's like, <laughs> not the, the only side of the story, bro. Yeah. You know, and I, but I can't do that because then I get accused of attacking my family. Right. And so that's where I'm stuck, where I like, I, it's like this podcast is a nice outlet. You know, I'm on microphone. Yes, this is being recorded. And I'm sorry for our listeners we will talk craft in two seconds, but like, as you can see, like, I can, as, <laughs> yeah, you're very like, you're like boiling. Like, as, I'm looking at you. I, I yeah. couldn't sleep. I was so warm last night. I can feel my body temperature rising because I'm as a creative, like I have to, like, I have to get that. And I don't have that outlet as much as, you know, this podcast is great, but like the voice is one thing, but it's like, I feel it in my bones that mm-hmm. I have to like do something, you yeah. know? And I just, I haven't figured that out yet. Maybe it's also, 
remorse and I'm lost now without my, you know, Pokemon Silver anchor. <laughs> yeah, our you friend know, Josh completed the Pokedex in Johto. 251, maybe. 100 hours because I had to fucking play Crystal just to get the <laughs> Celby or whatever. And that was 28 hours on that game. But like, and don't give me, don't like, I don't want, like, I thank you for the praise, but it definitely, I definitely did the clone, the clone glitch to get a bunch of our candies to just level people up because I was like, oh, I'm not going to just, oh, that's you know, do the elite four. Yeah, come on. Anyway, I'm so sorry, guys. No, uh, don't thank be Thank you sorry, so much man. for giving me space because I, 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 I don't have anybody to really to talk to. I mean, I do. I mean, I can talk to Ryan, obviously, but like, we know what you mean. Yeah. You know? It's hard. It's fucking impossible. Like I, I agree with you. Yeah. It's uh, so sorry for ranting, but no, I think it is important. It's it to. is. I mean, that's, a, that's just what I was saying. Like it is. It is yeah. super important. That's why I was just like, you know, um, and it's just so like, it's not. I don't know what the best. Like it's so um, interesting and like almost. I, and this is such a weird thing for me to say, but I'm very fortunate where like my you know my parents are conservative ish in canada but that's so much closer to center you know yeah like well we like, don't in america we don't have actual left-wing people like our that's democrats what I mean. are like center right so it's like to have a conversation <laughs> with my parents where like even if we're on two different sides of like kind of whatever politics in toronto it's like yeah. not socially and even socially it's like very very narrow but really the differences come into money stuff and it's just such a i don't know so yeah i, I just feel well, so also uh, like i just feel for you josh like i, I feel for you to not yeah, to yes just be at odds with your family in that sense is just so frustrating i just I, have I, never I I've, there's never been a culture of like actually expression of of an opinion they say they you know it's like my dad's everybody has their opinions you know you can't change you know everybody i'm not my brother's keeper everyone has their opinions but but then, like, here, actually listen to my opinion and, like, maybe at one point consider it, saying, right. hey, maybe I, I'm in a different generation than you, and maybe I'm seeing the world through a lens that's a little bit, maybe a little bit more uh, complex than your vision of the world is. And maybe, just maybe, I've read enough or experienced enough to be like, well, no, this isn't okay, and this is why, and I should be able to express that without being kind like talks down to absolutely of course you know 100 so i mean it's like i've met your parents brandon and they're lovely people and i've met your mom josh and she's like an angel like i and so like it's frustrating like i have people in my family that i you know it's the same and it's like it's just this thing this idea of like this scary word politics can like morph and bring sides out and arguments into people and it's just yeah so frustrating and i wish that i hope that we can soon get to the point where that doesn't that's not the case well it's just like it doesn't i wish it wasn't so polarizing then that's obviously yeah. the the biggest issue is that it's so you know partisan and bipartisan partisan which one partisan well bi- partisan yeah but then by for us it's bipartisan because we only have two options <laughs> yeah. but i you think guys in know canada what you, I have, mean. you know what i mean yes you have like you have more options um, yeah sort of um, i do know what you mean but uh, something that vaguely has to do with American politics. Do you guys watch Umbrella Academy season two? So Umbrella Academy is one of those shows that I, I feel like I want to like it more than I do. That, okay. you know what I mean, yeah, I could see. I especially especially for you, I could see. Uh, I could see that. Uh, did <laughs> they you have watch- a really? I watched the first couple episodes and I was like, I don't know <laughs> about mm. this. <laughs> if this is how I want to spend my time, uh, <laughs> the effects are still bad because it's TV. That's not HBO. 
uh, the tone is more interesting to me. It's like, seems like they're leaning into comedy a little more than they did, which is interesting. I feel like they still have this bad habit of like, and this is something that I talked about in Harley Quinn. And when we talked about suicide squad, like I hate this trend where you can't let things breathe. Like you can't let a scene breathe without jumping to a new pop song or a new cover. Like there's just so much fucking music and they don't like let the things just like sit in silence like, I feel like there were five songs in the first episode. And yeah, it's like, there's, relax. there's a lot. And like, even in the, <laughs> even in season two, the soundtrack is like that too. But I, I didn't think about it. So you just said that, but in season two, there are a lot more of those moments where they do let it breathe. Um, well, I would hope so. Yeah. So they do. I don't know. I really enjoyed it. it was really no, good. I mean, it's, it's a, it's, <laughs> it's a fun show. I, I really enjoyed, uh, so when the season one was popular, was it last year or two years ago? Yeah, something uh, like all that. Of the the shit people were just like, yeah, it's great, but can we talk about Luther and Allison, please? And yeah, how this yeah, is weird yeah, yeah. and creepy. <laughs> and like, it's yeah. so like, because I get it. I they but they it's you know that the writers know they fucked up when they have to justify it every episode. They have to keep like, so, no, they weren't biological. <laughs> I was so interested to see where you were going with that because I was going to be like, yeah. You wrote 38 different versions of a script with an incest relationship in it. So I was like, <laughs> yeah, it was, and it was, that. and it's really hot. Like I love incest. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, Julia. Uh, sorry. We'll cut that, that out. But one, uh, <laughs> in, in, <laughs> one of our friends, <laughs> one of sorry, our friends, her note, her, her note every week was like, I need more incest. I just need Josh remembers. Yeah, we're, talk, we're talking about Caleb's play. Yeah, my play that I wrote. Um, uh, I, I think by the end it was out. just the right amount. It ended up. We ended up zeroing in on the right amount. Yeah. Sorry. This is, we're, we sound psychotic. Sorry. Yeah. This is a deep um, cut. Politics, incest. Like, where is this podcast going? Oh, well, I tell you where I wanted to go. Uh, <laughs> but before we get there, so there was two news items this week that I really wanted to talk about because I think. In pairing them, they're like the polar opposites of the. Does industry, one involve an open letter? Does one uh, involve? Does one involve an open letter? To who? No. You go first. I'll have then. I have news for oh us God. all three. Okay. So Whoa, oh, sorry. Really? Oh, the that Avatar. Yeah. We're talking about the uh, brand. Did you hear about the Avatar thing? We well, should talk about that oh, first. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Is are we talking How about the that? The writer was the creator. Yeah. Oh, like, he said open letter, and I was like, I don't. What I somebody the, should have. I because I, I didn't want to admit, like override if that was one of the news. No, it wasn't. But we sh- this is more. This, we is do a, that? this is something all three of us can talk about. Yeah, Dude, and then I'll get that to my is shit after. the worst possible news to come out for that show. That's so good. bad. Yeah. Fuck it. I, yeah. I good because I we talked about this last time about how live action <sighs> shit from cartoons are never good, and I'm glad that they. Or like watching what Netflix was doing to their fucking baby. They were they wanted to be showrunner. Like they're like, yeah, let us help you like yeah. create this thing. And you know, and you guys know this never happens. It's always like we're going in a different direction. We wish them nothing but the best. But they both were like, no, they're ruining it. They, yeah. they did not keep their promises. Yeah. We're out. And I think that's fucking fantastic. I, I think I, agree. I I had no I had no like fantasies that it was going to be good but it's like if brian and mike are involved i I will watch it and i will give it a chance right i think now it's it's like fuck it yeah i love it how he's like and who knows maybe maybe whatever they put out you'll like it (laughs) it might be good but it's not gonna be what we wanted it but it's not gonna be ours and just so in like for our dignity and our integrity and our creative process in mind i think that's fantastic i think that's fucking admirable because that is tough to do 
because they burned a lot of bridges very publicly. And I think that that's standing by your art. And like, because they have like, they have like, they did Avatar. Like, they're going to get work again. You know what I mean? Right. But like, not everybody's in that position. And I think like, it's incredibly rare to see this so like open. Yeah. But I think it's fucking, I think because they know, because they know people care. Because this this franchise means a lot to a lot of people. Yeah. Um, And the rumors about why, like, there's nothing like concrete and nobody's confirmed anything. But, you know, they it, apparently it's all over dumb shit because Netflix like wanted to like shoe in more like love triangles and make it more like the Riverdale, like make it more like CW, make it more. And I, that's, uh, I know you guys are into that stuff or like some of that stuff. And I'm not I don't do the, I don't that. do like the Dawson's Creek's type CW. But like, yeah, they wanted to make it like a teen, <laughs> like a like a Harry Potter thing, like a teen um, drama. But about and they wanted to change up like. Because the industry has this fucking weird thing of what diversity is. And I'm using air quotes because I think actual diversity is important, but they only know it as like, I want to be sensitive with what I'm saying, but their idea of diversity is just white and black people. And like, what was great about Avatar is that it was like Japanese, Chinese, Tibetan, like Thai, like Indian, like all of these very, very underrepresented communities. And so the rumors are like, they wanted to just make like everybody black and white. And they wanted to shoehorn more romance in, which is like the two opposite things of what they should be doing. And I'm glad that Brian and Mike were like, fuck you. No, we're out. We're not going to get involved. It's also just like, why? Why? You're just making more work from yourself. You have a Mm -hmm. perfect outline. A like you could do a shot for shot, word for word like live action reenactment and everybody would be stoked <laughs> as fuck you like, just have to do better than the worst movie yeah. ever made <laughs> it's so easy like it's so and easy. you get the writers that want to be showrunners and actually create uh, and like keep this thing flowing it's gold it's a golden ticket yeah I exactly golden ticket well and also it makes no sense because as netflix power. if you just hand it over to them it's not on you either way it's a mm-hmm. win-win and they have so much money like they yeah. make, they make so much money. I, I it doesn't it. make any sense, but I, um, I'm glad we're all on the same page on this because I was definitely. furious when I read that. Like, yeah. good for them, but it's like, fuck you, Netflix, man. Yeah, they I were supposed really to be better than the that. studio. Was, that was the whole thing. When they came out, they were supposed yeah. to be hands off. They were supposed to be letting people do whatever they wanted, like re- actual creativity. And now it's just the same. Now there's Disney. Like it's just a conglomerate, and it's and it's <sighs> like, what the fuck? Yeah. Um, and that's exactly what I wanted to talk about next. But sorry, Brandon, you go first. No, what were we gonna say? My two things, one of them was Disney and the other one was the opposite, but we can hit talk me about with the, it. it like, hit me with the Disney. Sorry, I'm burping. So my two things <laughs> that I wanted to, that I, so on, on one end of the spectrum, you have Disney, right? Yeah. Uh, did you see the Mulan thing? Like the 30 bucks? Yeah. It out? Yeah. Not, not only do you have to be a subscriber to Disney plus, so mm-hmm. that's what seven, eight bucks a month. Yep. So not only are you paying that money, they also have the fucking audacity to charge thirty dollars to yeah. rent. Probably because okay. Be That's my next, that was my question all along. Was like, how long Brandon? are you gonna actually be able to watch this? <laughs> and I hate that you can own like. So I used to buy everything on iTunes. I used to buy everything digitally because I was tricked and I bought into the propaganda that. You know, physical media can get scratched and it can get lost and you can break it. But if you buy everything digitally, you'll always have it. And I thought that it makes a lot of sense. Right. Because I was a fucking idiot. When I got to grad school, something happened. I don't know what happened with my iTunes account, but something happened and I lost everything. All of that money that I had spent collecting TV shows and film, it was gone. Music videos, music, gone. 
and there was no way for me to get it back. So then I hard pivoted and now I collect Criterion Blu-rays and like physical media all the way, because as long as you keep, as long as you're not dumb and you take care of it, it's going to last a long time. But Disney's setting this precedent of like, yeah, as long as you stay a loyal fucking consumer and like subscribe to our shit, then you then we'll let you keep this $30 purchase. Yeah. I think that's such a bad precedent to set. And I feel like it, that's it, it so. Is, but as a business model, it's genius. <laughs> but do you not think that there's no, room I'm, to like. Yeah, for sure. I wish it wasn't that way. And I wish it was like Disney being like, hey, uh, yeah, we're going to put it out like normal people. And it's going to be $5.99 to rent for 24 hours. Or you can buy it for uh, $12.99. But. They have a monopoly yeah, the on fact their that you shit. Get that, that you're renting. Yeah, but that's a problem is what I was saying. Like, it's not good. Like, it's not like, yeah, but that's the business. I'm <laughs> like, no, we have to change the business. Like, I, I feel like if enough people don't buy it, then maybe like if we can send a message like this is a bad thing that we don't okay, want. But, to, but the problem to, is to, you're right, Brandon, and people will buy it. But to play devil's advocate, right? Because. Okay. And I, first Here of all, I 100 percent agree with what you're saying. They're, what they're doing okay. is is ridiculous. The subscribe, you know what I mean. They're just you're collecting money from people and I, whatever. The other side of that though is you're collecting money that should go back to the arts and artists. In that there's people on Mulan, I'm sure that are getting paid out or that were supposed to get paid out based on the box office. That's not happening now, and I'm sure there are people. You know what I mean? I'm sure. There's a shit ton of people attached to that project that their future money is based on how it does. So you got to remember that it's also trying to fund the things that we're always talking about funding. And just because it's a billion dollar company based on that doesn't mean that they don't need to make their money back on something like that to continue paying people. And especially, you know, uh, obviously it's a it's a hugely diverse cast. Um, I mean, I don't think there's any like white people in it and there probably shouldn't be, (laughs) but, uh, you know, so that the numbers that are going to be attached to Mulan are important after is what I'm saying. Right. It's very easy to be like, yeah. So I'm just, I'm, I'm, I also feel like you can do that without, without charging more than what a DVD or a (laughs) Blu-ray disc would gouging the fuck out of people. Yeah, totally. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, you could do it at like, even if you want to do it $10 a rental or like 15 to like rent for a month or something. You know what I mean? Like well, enough people are subscribed. Like, well, how many subscribers does Disney plus have? Like they, they hit their, they million, hit their, they hit their five year projections in eight months. Like they're yeah. fine. Yeah. Like, you know, but my, my issue, Brandon, I totally hear what you're saying and you make a good point. And yes, not everything's black and white. It's more complicated, but also Mulan already exists and it's fine. <laughs> like it's the same thing. Like, yes, like it is great that we're seeing Asian faces on screen, but it's a Chinese production and China is like fucking up the arts scene all over the world with censorship and like restrictions. And they're, and there's involved in one of the worst humanitarian crises currently happening with Hong Kong. Like it's like, it's, it, it everything is like, it is Disney and it is just for money and there's no artistic, like, truth in it and that's i think also what makes it frustrating if if that money was going to independent creators that needed it i would have much less of an issue i agree that like price gouging is never okay but if if it was at least going somewhere where i could be like at least this money is going to something important then i could like understand what you're saying a little more i think the idea of what you're saying is right but in this particular case i'm like 
no, I don't want to spend um, $30 on this but, probably shitty movie. Okay. And, I, and again, I, I completely agree with what you guys are saying. I was just playing devil's advocate. Um, yeah. But the other side of it is, and I guess uh, this is a better point for Netflix, but for example, there was a uh, huge rush in uh, Toronto and I assume the rest of Canada. I don't know what the, I can't remember what the rules were, but Netflix uh, who's opened, you know, major studios just outside of Toronto or in Toronto. I can't remember, but wow. They put out a thing just before the beginning of August asking for open submissions for TV projects and movies from Canadian uh, independent artists. And so almost everyone I know put in something. Um, (laughs) Now, the clauses in the contracts were very hefty and uh, is definitely Netflix saving their own ass so they don't get sued, which is great. But, uh, you know, people have to make a choice. But what I'm saying is that's Netflix actively reaching out and doing exactly what we're talking about. They're actively yeah. funding independent artists and trying to, you know, lift people up, which is fantastic to see. So there is that happening. Which is exactly. And I'm glad I didn't know that. And I'm glad that's happening. But that yeah. is a perfect segue into the other thing I wanted to talk about. And then we'll get to the movie. I promise. I'm sorry. There's just so much that I'm passionate about happened this week. Do you, you, I've talked about A24, right? You guys know A24? Yeah. Uh-huh. Um. I don't know if you saw and remember when I was talking about YouTube and how they used to be, it used to be this fucking Avenue for independent animators, especially, but independent creators to just put shit out there and like get an audience and, and just create. All right. I and think that kind of, that kind of like stopped happening when they changed their ad revenue rules. And, and mm-hmm. now it's very difficult to make a living off the arts. A 24 just got distribution and, and purchased the rights to develop and a like 10 minute independent animation on YouTube. Like these people put their heart and soul into creating this thing called has been hotel that I saw. And I thought it was okay. Like, it's not something that I would maybe watch. Um, but you can tell a lot of personality, a lot of craft, a lot of effort went into making this thing that is very professional looking. It's animated very well. There's like original music and a 24 was like, yeah, we're going to make this an actual TV show. And I think that that's fucking incredible because that is Brandon directly going to the source, no. picking up an independent artist and being like, yeah, now you may, now we're making you a TV show. Wow. And their track record for TV is fucking incredible. They did Euphoria, which like everybody loves and is like really yeah, successful. Yeah, yeah. They, they did Rami on Hulu for uh, Rami Youssef's thing. Um, and I think that that's so fucking incredible that like yeah. this is a company that's actually walking the walk. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I guess exactly to that point is what I'm saying is, and I guess, uh, you know, it's probably not that well known, but seemingly, you know, that's what Netflix is doing right now as well. Also, to be fair, there's uh, Canadian content laws. So Netflix has to produce a certain amount of Canadian content, which is what well, is also they, happening. Then, yeah. then there you go. <laughs> yeah. Is that is that like, um, like, how, how do you mean? What do you mean has to like to operate as a business? In the I, country I, I, they have I to, believe so. So, so like, for example, like if you're an American network or I think any network or radio station, any kind of media, they have to play a certain amount of what's considered Canadian content. So like that's why on the radio here you hear so much Drake and Justin Bieber, uh, The Weeknd. I mean, it's it's a little less obvious now because all those guys are on the top of the charts. But yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. it's like 20 something percent of Carly, your Carly Ray, Carly Ray Jepsen, Carly Bay Jepsen. Love me some Carly Ray. Love me some Carly yeah, Ray. She's great. Well, Gosh, it's uh, just like I hate my life. The guy, uh, uh, the guy who directed, I, bu- I believe he directed her very, like the Call Me Maybe video, um, Ben mm-hmm. Nectel is like a fantastic 
director in Toronto, like music video director. I've worked with a bunch and he's like, he's so young for him to have directed that music video. When I found that out, I was like, no fucking way. <laughs> that video <laughs> so is awesome. <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a classic and memes for years. So good. Um, so good. Speaking of Canadian shit, have you watched Nirvana, the band, the show yet, Brandon? No, 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 I haven't. I haven't. Get on, it. get on it. All over the place way back. You gotta, you got, you gotta get on it. I'm telling you. I think when you were here, there was posters all over the place for it. Yeah. They used to be on the subway, Um, but I'm telling you it's, it's like perfect. (laughs) Um, Uh, So the movie, unless, unless there was anything else, I was just going to say real quick, uh, (laughs) I I request, no, 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 we'll definitely, this is just real quick. I did request already tell Caleb Brandon, but watch if you can, uh, the movie three iron. It's a Korean movie. This is not for the podcast or like that. Just like on your own. It's like an hour yeah. and a half. The um, I get a, there's a lot of parasite type of stuff going on. But like, I'll just say the two lead characters never speak. And it's so interesting. Okay. So I would love That's to cool. hear your I guys' like opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, not like, it's not like a it's not like a like a quote unquote silent. Movie. No, all the other characters, all the other people in the, the movie talk. But it's just the leads. But the lead to that leads. is very interesting. And yeah, so it's very interesting. Yeah. I would like to know you guys' opinions next week. I hate to put two movies on to you because I already have one for the podcast, but I'd love to, if just on, we can even text about it. So that's all. Yeah. yeah, yeah Cause you know, I'll definitely forget the name. So definitely. It's text on uh, it. it's on in America. It's on Amazon prime. I saw I'm sorry. Yeah, it's on sorry, Amazon it's, prime in America. It's, Ryan it's has the number it three, right? It's the number three. It's yep. Iron. Like it's a it's like the golf club. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, we'll just put it on text so we can find it easy because i always end up yeah. having to go by the way we okay and just because we're doing this right now we have to if it's okay we have to start putting down on text what movie we're doing next because i always have to go back and listen to the end of the last podcast to figure it out because i don't want to text you guys <laughs> and be like get all of our listening fucking Listeners. movie are we doing because <laughs> i always forget which is really which is really funny because it's like oh like if it's like six in the morning that's, like, hey, no, what are we no, doing no, it's, in like three hours by the way no because i don't want to you know because i would text you guys the night before because i get too anxious yeah, so i have to like yeah, know, plan know, it out you know funny. what i mean because I, I gotta figure out how long the movie is to figure out when i have to wake up <laughs> right for sure so yes always, so from now on after our after our podcast we'll put it in a text <laughs> after we record the I'm movie and out. where we can and where we can it out. so all right so now that it's been 40 minutes 35 <laughs> 35 well, talk now. So, okay. The point of this podcast allegedly is that we talk about a different movie every week. And the movie that we all watched this week, um, Yasujiro Ozu's Masterpiece from 1953, Tokyo Story, which tells yeah. the story of an elderly couple uh, who live, and I forget the fucking name of the city, but it's a very rural Japan, and they decide to take a trip to Tokyo to visit their adult children. Uh, that they have not seen in many years. Uh, Brandon and Josh, what did you think of Tokyo Story? Uh, I think I have. I think I have some very concise and clear thoughts on this movie. So first off, um, I woke up really wanting to stay asleep and yeah. super not wanting to read subtitles for two and a half hours. Yep. Uh, so a little bit of a rough start to the movie. I'm not gonna lie, but as I was watching it. And as I'm starting to grasp what's happening and more so just the feel of the movie, we've lo- we've watched a lot of um, foreign movies recently and especially foreign older movies. The easiest thing that I can say about this movie to let you know how I feel about it is that of everything we've watched that's been foreign or older, 
this is by far the easiest to connect with mm. and not because it's familiar not because it's uh culturally similar at all but because it's very much its own thing it represents its own culture its own time very clearly and the story and the people are personal and it's just very clear and concise and beautiful and the uh it was so easy to empathize with and on top of that just to see their culture and their time period so represented so clearly was so interesting and the fact that mm-hmm. there wasn't like we when we watched tokyo uh drifter right it's very mm-hmm. westernized mm-hmm. you know it, it feels very much like things that we've seen before or uh even i mean white materials obviously but that is 2009 so that's not fair but this is very <laughs> much its own thing its own culture and and for me it just made me be like, I want to go to Tokyo and I want to, you know, it was just, yeah. So I really enjoyed it. I see very clearly why it is considered a masterpiece and the way that it held up compared to a lot of the other stuff we've watched very, very much highlights that. Mm-hmm. That's awesome, man. That was really well said, Brandon. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Cause I have, I had similar feelings. I said, you know, it's paced in a way I, I enjoyed it for the same reasons that Brandon says is that it's very I can connect to it on a on a more human humane humanitarian level. Mm-hmm. Can I say that? Is that the right? I don't know. Like humanistic, I think. Humanistic, yeah. yeah. It's it you know to me it's a story about generations and how different generations and moving away and growing up in the city and how you just it's the trying to hold on to true to tradition and then like who your family is and you know the difference between blood family and actually just family family right mm-hmm. um and i'll go into that more too but but yes the, like compared to tokyo drifter which was a very entertainment based like this is going to be a fun movie to go see and just mm-hmm. action this one was a very uh well thought out evenly paced uh i would almost say and i use this term very Lightly, just because I, 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 lack of a better word is simple, but in the in the in the meaning of, it wasn't straight, just like cut shot, cut shot, cut shot, whatever. It was long scenes of people of family members just having conversations and dealing with trauma or tragedy or, you know, or not, you know, things like that with different cool shots of the of the town of the of Tokyo, you know, just. It was it was great, very very well um, put together, and yeah, definitely some of the effects held up more so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in the last like six, however many years ago, uh, seventy years, seventy well, years well, ago, almost like lack um, of effects. compared to Tokyo Drift. Yeah, that, it was fourteen. You know, it was fourteen years, and it. I'm just kidding. The CGI of Tokyo Drift because you got to do practical, baby. So CGI is always going to be. So dead. yeah, no, I'm really I'm glad we actually we we did this one. Yeah, I'm really glad that we all seem to appreciate and enjoy it. Um, I, when I was talking last week about like movies that are about something, like this, I feel to me is about like so much, but it is just yeah. a very simple, straightforward story. Like it's not complicated, really. Like in any way, there's no like twists. It's not like trying to aspire to be this. It's just like this is the story of a family. And I think that's why we all can connect to it because everybody has, most people have a family. Everybody has drama of that can relate to a family or like 
important people in their lives. It's very illustrative of like universal themes, specifically of the post-war Japan period, but also reverberating across clearly time and space. Like there's things that we can all connect to it with it. And yeah, I just, I think it's so gorgeous. Like I really was hypnotized. Like I hear you guys about it being maybe like slow in the beginning, but I found it to be like soothing. Like I found it to yeah. be like, I don't think, relaxing. yeah, I, I, I don't think it was slow. I think I was slow getting into it. Okay. Well, it's no, six no, o'clock I, in the morning. In no, a, I know a, you're being, but it was just yeah, no, no. In a, yeah, but in a, in a real way, it's like it, you know, it, you have to get get into what's happening, the feel of it, the uh, mm-hmm. and, and there's the subtitles too, right? It takes a couple minutes to for you to kind of internalize the the subtitles and the reading of it and the the hearing of the voices and just get it all together, you know. Hey, what I but some of these some of the scenes though I really loved because you could actually at some moments you could just watch the screen and know exactly what's going on. Yeah. Um, and I thought that was really cool. You know, obviously the details in the exposition you want to read so you know what the story is, but there were moments between people that you could oh. just, you didn't need to read anything. I mean, I'm glad that you brought that up, Josh, because I wanted to say almost the exact same thing. But is there what what American movie came out at the same time? Because watching this movie now, the way it is shot, mm-hmm. it looks like it's in goddamn 6K. Like, is this the best shot movie of that time period by an incredibly wide margin? Like, it looks... It fucking must be, dude. <laughs> I mean, the, the depth of fields on the close-ups and some of them caught yeah. me so off guard. I was like, how is this... How is this possible? Are you talking about then? when they, like, converted into, like, HD and stuff? But, like, when they up the frame rate, it still looks like... I oh, guess I, I'm, I'm trying to understand what you were... I'm just saying it looks beautiful. You, I'm just, I just mean it yeah. looks beautiful. Oh, of course. Yeah, it yeah, translates yeah. extremely well. Like, I, and know, that's what I mean. So, I, I don't even know how that's possible you know, for it being shot in the fifties. I'm just saying like, it looks, it looks so, so good and so well shot. It's, it's unbelievable. Like I, I would love yeah, to I mean, pit it against an American movie from the same year and see what that looks like and see how exactly how well this is shot in comparison. You know, I see what you're saying. I'm going to, I'm going to look really quickly. American films from 53. Cause like, but while, yeah. oh, sorry, sorry, Josh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, uh, while Caleb's looking for that, um, yeah, the, the way it's, it's so interesting because a lot of movies sometimes it's, it's hard to, cause we're, we're in the digital age, right? So everything is 4k or IMAX or whatever. And it's the resolution count is extremely high. You know, it's like, we're getting closer and closer. We will never get to the point of actual optic, you know, how the human eye actually perceives things. Not with that. Attitude. No, the um, problem is we're going past it. <laughs> yeah. That's why things, the uncanny Valley exists. Cause we're getting too good. Yeah. Oh, we're going yeah. past it. And then you see, you know, and then you watch something and you're like, that doesn't look right. I don't like it. Yeah. It's just because <laughs> oh, we can detect there, falseness. Oh, because there's some, there are some, uh, revo- revo- revolu- revolutions, <laughs> resolutions per, per second that d- does throw you off. A little yeah. Bit. It's I, I that thing when you're, when you're, when your screen and the resolution don't match up, like it happens a lot with like really good TVs sometimes. And then like, you know, when a yeah. sitcom looks like it's a soap opera, that's what's I happening. All the time, yeah. The, yeah. The resolutions Definitely. on the screen and what the, and, and the, yeah, the actual like, um, thing are, are off. Gotcha. And that's a good example. Josh is anytime you're on Amazon prime and you see like, there's an option to watch a movie in like ultra 4k HD and you don't have that TV. It's exactly what Brandon's hot. you like, you'll notice like, Oh, this looks fake as shit. Yeah, because like it's not built for that. Like the, mm. the screen and the resolution don't match. It's yeah. really interesting. Like uh, 
we accidentally when we when we rewatched Knives Out on Amazon Prime, we accidentally watched that extra like super like HD version, and I was like, why does this look so bad? Like because oh, we, sure. you can tell because it's not meant for that. That's so funny, especially because you've already seen it. You're like, I swear to God, it didn't look yeah. like this the first time. Yeah, and I watched this at the Alamo, and it looked fantastic. Yeah. What the fuck happened? Um, I love that movie, by the way. But but, the, but, but it's, a good movie. It's, it's a good actually movie. really yeah, that's it's a, a good fun movie. one. But um, we're not talking about it. we're talking about Tokyo. But that uh, but but saying that with like with the resolution and the the way Tokyo Story was shot and some of the you know it did it did look very it was great. Speaking of the way it was shot, because I do agree, Brandon, it looks gorgeous. And then like when you consider, so uh, Ozu used the tatami mat shooting style, which just means that they were low to the ground. And because uh, those mats that they sleep on are called tatami mats. And so you saw everybody, like you saw their head and their feet mm-hmm. in the floor. But that also means you had to see the ceiling. So they had to construct all of those sets with ceilings, which is usually what you don't have to do. Oh, that's so interesting. When you're shooting in, when you're shooting in tiers, because yeah. you don't get that far back. But so they had to construct all the sets with ceilings. Uh, so they really had to take their time and care and craft like these interiors. That, so that's why they feel so lived in. They feel like actual real homes because they had to build actual real homes. Well, that's yeah, that's it's 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 so interesting that you say that because it did feel so real and so lived in. And I think that the essence of that is what uh, came off so well. And, you know, just with the the culture of Tokyo at the time. Or I mean, Japan yeah. at the time, or, or the whole thing. It, it, you- did you see? Uh, what did you find for American films, Caleb? Uh, well, so there's like Kubrick's Fear and Desire, which is like early Kubrick before he was like a god, um, and then like War of the Worlds, and then like a bunch of garbage that I've never heard of. That's what I'm saying. Like, so, Tokyo no Story's much better. <laughs> yeah, there's no way War of the Worlds looks looks as good. And I just mean like, yeah, I, I would be very shocked wise. if we watched it and we were yeah. like, oh, it looks fucking beautiful Dude, yeah. and fantastic and it, scary. No, <laughs> there's no way. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. And I because I totally agree. Like, I think I think the best cinematography in terms of storytelling is when you don't notice it. But it is it was like expertly shot because you're just sucked into the world like for the story I- it's telling. And I only noticed it because I knew the movie was made in fifth in the fifties, right? If and then was, you're like, "Wait, what the fuck?" <laughs> exa- exactly. If it was made now, yeah. I'd be like, "This looks great," but it's how it's supposed to look. I was watching it and being like, "How? How are the fuck they did he do that? Doing that? Yeah, like I didn't. Yeah, I wasn't yeah. aware that cameras had that ability at the time. It's like the first time you watched two thousand and one that shot where like the wait the airline stewardess like is in that in the in the and the thing turns yeah. and she goes upside down. You're like, how the fuck did you do that in 1968? Yeah. There's no way. And it's this, it's the <laughs> same thing. Like here, I think it's the same level. And I think that's what you're getting to because, um, God, it's so fucking beautiful. Yeah. And all of the technical stuff, like there are some like rough, like, you know, when it, they do like re- shot, reverse shot, there's like that pause before the actor speaks sometimes. And there's like, you know, it's like stuff that you would expect, but like, I don't think it, like it pales in comparison to what they were able to achieve, like visually with like yeah. all of their outside stuff. Anytime they went to the train, all of the sound was so gorgeous. Like yeah. the balance between the softer country, the bustle of the city when they go to that, uh, that spa, like how, how they like, or just the disconnect of like the generations, right? Like it's, you know, they're, I'll finish this before I go on my next side. Another one, one more technical thing I wanted to say real quick is, you know how we're so used now to like over the shoulder stuff when we're doing like, different angles like we always see the other person that are talking to or whatever but in this film it's very in your face like mm-hmm. it's the whoever's talking is like almost center screen talking at the camera not obviously at the camera but at the character well hold on there's but- one guy who can't stop looking at the goddamn camera and that drove me nuts there's one dude because you're right josh and the rest of them do a perfect job 
and and are, are their eyelines just off camera but there's one guy who cannot stop looking directly in the camera and it's one of the brothers i think and it drives me it drove me nuts which that's guy? The only was it the thing. younger one? Yeah, the younger, uh, yeah. the younger son, or the older, or the oldest? The, the doctor. No, I think it was the younger son, and I think it's the first time that he comes on, and he just keeps going right down the pipe. The the when he's talking to his like boss, where he's like, "Yeah, my fucking mom's here." I think now, so. She's yeah, sick off the train. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He comes really late into the movie, and then uh, sorry, Josh, didn't um, interrupt, but, but yeah, no, no, it's totally because that that struck me because it was very much taking the time to then whoever speaking in like you know when they were at the train station there was the four of them. But then everybody had their reaction kind of like a line mm-hmm. center, center camera, whatever, center frame. Um, but I wanted to. Um, shit. Yeah. Now I'm completely. <laughs> uh, we were talking technical and I wanted mm-hmm. to not go technical. I wanted to go story. Mm-hmm. I have no idea. I'm so sorry, guys. Well, no, no. I mean, story wise, it's like it, kind of what Caleb was saying before. It's it's beautiful in its simplicity. Um, the acting for its time is, is really good. Obviously there's moments where like, there was a moment also, and it's totally my own mistake and confusion, but there's a moment at the end of the movie where there's the girl, the, the, the daughter-in-law mm-hmm. and she's Who talking, fantastic. she's fantastic. And By she's the talking oh to the youngest God. daughter. Mm-hmm. Right. And she's, it, they're talking about the other sister who like wanted the clothes and everything from the mother who died right away. Oh yeah. And I, just was not paying attention for half a second and i thought that she was the daughter for a second talking about herself and it totally changed the movie for a minute because she sounded like a total psychopath and then i realized what was happening well that was a little confusing for me there was that relationship the the grandparents when they're at the at their house about to leave for tokyo there is a a young girl who's with them is that another granddaughter or is that a dot the youngest daughter so yeah so so they had five children one of them is dead or presumed dead uh well, they the talk middle, about him he died in world war the II middle son is, is missing in action and they they yeah. assume that he's that he's dead um they had the oldest son who's the doctor yep they had the oldest daughter who's a hairstylist um, who's a hairstylist person, yeah. uh those two have like a lot of to do together um they're an interesting parallel of characters and then there was the the middle son who's who's gone there was the other the youngest son who we don't meet until very late into yeah. the film who I think Brandon was talking about. He shows yeah. up and he's like, "Yeah, my fucking parents." Da, 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 da. But he's talked about because he's he's like that 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 son who just you know you try and get him to come to the train station to pick you up, whatever, and he never really shows or he's late or whatever. He just doesn't have. I mean, he doesn't make it in time you know, to see his mom before she dies. Type which of like we uh, we're gonna get there <laughs> um, because wow. Uh, but and then there's the youngest daughter who still lives with them. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, cool. Which is a kind of a perfect segue into what I wanted to talk about because. Uh, this idea of family is very different than I think what we're used to here uh, because this, this American concept of single family households, like was kind of invented in the fifties, like yeah. where it's like you, you know, you get married like and you start your own family, family because it's, it's you know, very like yeah. post-World War II, like as a society, we had to like jumpstart the economy again and we had to get consumerism really going. And so they, they, pushed like culture pushed and evolved to like create like no you have to start your own family and move into your own house and 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 do that that's not really how it is kind of anywhere else in the world like obviously now it's as like the world becomes globalized and more modern it's starting to become more common but like all over europe and south america especially in asia it's very uncommon to to sort of like not live with your or close to your grandparents or to like your parents like you know what i mean or your parents your extended family and have that all 
which is why it's not so strange that the youngest daughter, she's unmarried, so she's still living with her parents, even though she has a job. And like, they sort of, the parents sort of go and go from house to house. It's like a very normal thing. Um, but they are sort of, of watching it change. Like it, Japan is becoming modernized. Like the, the families are, there are doing their own things. Like they're all married, like their children are growing up and it's such like a, you know, you never see these moments of like strong, like what we would call like acting, acting like emotions. You know what I mean? Like nobody's like really bursting into tears. Nobody's screaming at each other, but you can see that these, these two, the two main characters, the grand, the grandparents, the older people are so like, they're in so much pain of like watching their children and they're drift away and then time is escaping from them and they go and, you know, these, these parents, these, these, their children are trying to live their own lives, but they're trying to be like, Oh, we have to take care of mom and dad. But like, we have all this stuff. We can't, I can't pay attention to you. I'm sorry. They try to send them off to a spa and it's so quiet and subtle, but I feel like I couldn't sit through it in one go. Like I had to stop watching like halfway through because I was so overcome with like, Oh, wow. The emotion I felt it was, I, and it's not in your face. And I don't know. I'm, I don't know if you guys agree or if you, if I'm even making sense. No, no, but, you um, are. And it was definitely like, uh, exactly. You said it, it's not in your face at all, but it's, you know, it's almost, it's almost more in the dialogue at times. Like when she's, uh, at the stepdaughter's house and she keeps apologizing for being a burden. Um, mm-hmm. and the stepdaughter's generally, genuinely trying to be like, that's not, you're not a burden. The and daughter-in-law. She, sorry, that sorry, the daughter-in-law. Yeah. No, I just want to make yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and and just it's it's those moments, you know, or or the moment with the uh, grandfather with his friends drinking, you know, the oh my god, yeah, the moments where you're getting all of their real raw emotions, but through through a way that I guess we don't see very often anymore, because as actors, we're supposed to be trained to be able to put that out there without the dialogue. But it was in mm-hmm. the dialogue for this and not yeah. just like here it is, but in a nice subtle way. Well, yeah, because they don't um, from from this movie in the 1950s, you know, I didn't see with with a few exceptions when it really got deep, very much actual like emoting. Right. There wasn't right. much like I'm making my face look like I'm upset or whatever. It was just it was just people in this family just dealing with those circumstances and what that led to was a very, one of the most profound moments in my, in my viewing of the movie was when on separate occasions, the mother or the grandmother and the grandfather told their daughter-in-law that they would be happy for her to move on um, from, from her, their son, her husband, who has been missing. And, you know, even though, you know, she'll say, Oh, she was the best smizer. I will tell you, she loves to smize. <laughs> I was like, look at her, look at those masks that they're putting on. Like she's saying, Oh, everything's fine. I'm okay. And you know, she's hurting inside, but like, but that was really profound when they were like, no, we love you. We want you to be happy. You've been so good to us. Even though our kids just want us to throw us into a spa. You took us around. You, you fed us. You let us stay with you. And that's very important. That kind of holds well, it, to that yeah, tradition, and, even though and, she's the younger generation, you know. And they keep repeating that it pains them that she's not moving on or remarried. Yeah. No, not even so. Not even that. Like they want her to be happy, but they and they say it multiple times to really nail the point, and that it pains them that she's not happy. You know, which is a, it's just a very which I think is so powerful that. when yeah. you have. And that's what I was saying before about 
your blood relatives and the family that you're just you're born into versus that family you kind of thing. And like, yes, she was married into the family. Yes, she's technically legally part of the family. But their relationship with the daughter-in-law, I feel is so is a lot more palpable than the relationship of just their children who are grown up, who are just, you know, there yeah. are there are children and they, mm-hmm. you know, do their whole thing. It's like even with like the grandchildren, right? With <laughs> the, the little boy was cute because oh, he shit. just kept yes. running off. Can we talk about this? That's sorry. I, that's sure. absolutely where I want yeah. to go next. I loved them. That's what got me into the movie. <laughs> when I was like kind of bored at the beginning and then those two popped up and the one kid is just being a dick and it was hilarious. <laughs> like really at that point, I'm like, oh, this kid's the best actor in the movie so far. Like he was great. Uh-huh. He was a motive. Um, he was fantastic. <laughs> if you, if you liked that, Brandon, so uh, there, I mean, Yasujiro Ozu has made many movies, but um, the other one that everybody kind of holds up as one of his best, mm-hmm. I think is also on the Criterion channel. It's called Good Morning. Okay. which focuses on two young kids like around that same age that go on a, uh, a uh, they take a vow of silence. They're on like strike from speaking because their parents refuse to buy them a television. <laughs> um, and it's, it's fucking hilarious and it's fantastic. And I think you, you would really enjoy that it. That sounds like, amazing. I do really yeah. want to watch that. Well, also, I mean, and I think that's, I, I imagine that uh, Josh, you took the same thing from this movie. Caleb, it sounds like you've seen most of his movies already, but I mean, this it it very clearly, like you said, going into it, it, it is a masterpiece. It's a masterwork in a lot of ways. And now I yeah. definitely want to go through the rest of his uh, yeah. collection or whatever the fuck, and and watch everything because there's a lot to be learned. Yeah, it's it's him. It's him and Kurosawa are like the two from this period. And what's that the big, and everybody knows Akira Kurosawa, but but like, what's Kurosawa's biggest one? Uh, Seven Samurai, I think for okay. sure. But like, he has, I mean, Ran and the Throne of Blood and just a insane um, amount. Hidden Fortress and like, uh, you know, um, Rashomon, like he, I mean, Kurosawa is Kurosawa. Yeah. Um, but Yasujiro Ozu is also fucking amazing. And, and I think he gets overshadowed a little bit but with people that aren't like us. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, yeah. And I, I would never have really fully known about this unless we've done the, we've been doing the podcast, you know? Yeah. I would never have sat down and been like, oh, Tokyo Story, what's that? I mean, I'm dating Ryan, so I'm sure one day I would. One day it would have come up, yeah. But, but yeah, no, this is this is craft. This is movie. This is cinemat. This is cinematic craft mm. in terms of yeah, a director in terms of working with these. That's to creating a world and characters that are fully realized that have all these different like backstories. It's like it's it's even coming out of the the oldest daughter, right? We talked about her wanting the clothes. Like she doesn't. She's there. She's like, you know. And then, if, but of course, as soon as she gets an opportunity to go back home, she's like. How long are you, you know, when they were talking at the dinner table, how long are you staying? Oh, well, it's not, not long. Yeah. Okay. So we'll take the train back tonight. And it's like, which is, which is so interesting because she's the one five minutes before who like burst into tears and fell on the ground. Like she, she was right. brought to her knees because yeah. of her, she was in so much pain that her mother was dead. But then like life happens and she's like, oh, I want the scarf if that's cool. Yeah. And then it's like, yeah, we'll take the train tonight. And it's like. It's the it's both, and I think that's what the movie, or one of the things the movie well, is saying, is like it is both, and and all the parents understand. Like and, and, Brandon and, and what you guys were saying. Sorry, you go. So, no, no, you go ahead because I think you're about to say what I, what I'm about, was about to repeat. Well, I was is just that, gonna say like in that in that conversation that the daughter-in-law has with the youngest right, daughter, exactly. and they have with the daughter-in-law. It's like it's fine. Like I, yeah. we get it. Yeah. You know, and it hurts, but we get it. And even yeah. the daughter, the daughter-in-law is defending the older sister in that conversation. Yeah. I mean, she, like, she has her own stuff going on. Like she's hurting in her own way. This is her figuring it out. And it's, yeah. So it's, yeah. 
it is this 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 such an interesting level of understanding and it's so well written yeah because they're they do have like it's interesting because they like you were saying like it is in the dialogue it is there but also there's also just still so much that's not being said Mm. like to, to say everything and then still have more things to say is like it is expert like that's such a that's so rare to have that (laughs) written that well you know it's so like oh every fucking scene is perfect i don't know i don't know what else i can fucking like and i just think that's the difference between and and it's it's easy because there's not that much to to say just because it is so well done it's like yeah you you know it's it's so i don't want to say simple because it's not but it is it is boiled down to what is important like filmmaking wise, acting wise, writing wise. Um, but I will I, say, Brandon, like for what we're compared, like I told Ryan last night, I was like, this isn't a blockbuster. This isn't something that's supposed to like distract you every second ex- with explosions. And we're mm-hmm. so used to these fast paced, high energy blockbuster movies. You know, we talked about it last week in Tokyo Drift, like just pure entertainment value of like whatever. And this is a completely different pay. Uh, sp- it's at a very different speed than what we're used to with, with everything happening right now. We're so saturated with like TV shows and things and things are happening and we're distracted with our phones and to sit here and watch a movie for two, two hours, 20 minutes or so, yes. two and a half hours and have it just be there and just sitting and, and you're just, it is simple compared to what we're, what we're used to yeah. and all these different kind of things that we're, you know, consuming every day. And that's Okay. The fact that we walk away with this, with the broad understanding of tradition versus, you know, um, even modernization in the 50s versus, you know, just fa- what is family and love and material. It's just, yeah. That, no, I mean, it's, that's, I, but that's okay. I love that. You know, we don't need to pick apart every scene because it's the, the important aspects of it is what we brought it, got out of it. And like what we walk away with. And especially in a movie you know? like this, like like you're saying, it's that feeling, right? Where mm-hmm. you leave it and you you understand something more about the characters, about the story, and therefore you empathize and you understand something about yourself. Or you think about something that you hadn't thought about, or you feel something. And that's I mean, at the end of the day, isn't that all we're asking from art? Yeah. I mean I don't think art needs to have a singular purpose, but I think what a lot of people look for in art is that like move me, like make me right. like feel something. I just want to feel something. And this, I, I feel a lot. Like I felt a lot. Like yeah. I, as, as soon as, uh, as she died, I was, I was over. Like I was done. Like I, yeah. and it's like, Oh, there's no fucking half hour, but then, but it's perfect because you watch the fallout from it, you know? Um, right. And then like the, and then the father, the grand, the father giving, you know, the heirloom, or what the was, watch. It was like, it was the watch? Oh, the yeah, watch. The watch. Oh, to my the God. um to the time. daughter-in-law. Time, man. And and because he, he knows because he's like, now this is the rest of my life is I'm alone. And I you know what I mean? And it's so and then he's like and then ah it's just, Oh my god, but can crying. we like can we talk about the <laughs> the woman that walked past just walks past the window twice, the beginning of the movie and In at the, the end, end and she's like, yeah. You're gonna be very lonely. All right, well see you. <laughs> All see right, bye. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's like, yeah, thanks so much. One of the most beautiful shots that I that I walked away with was when they were sitting on the 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 water wall, I would say, Mm -hmm. you know, by the spa. Yeah. Yeah. And they were getting up to leave and she and the and the grandmother took a little bit time to like get up. And I just felt like just that moment of like, are you you know, are you okay, honey, or what you know. 
you know, and then just that slow, just the mortality of knowing that yeah. your time's up, you know, and that it's the last time you're going to be able to see your kids. And then, but then what is that? Like, what is that time that we have with our parents? You know, I, you know, with my parents are 800 miles away and I've, I have no plans on moving back, but then it's like with the pandemic going on and with, there's also like a category two hurricane that essentially went through Iowa that yeah. destroyed the city, the not destroyed, but heavily damaged the town that I grew up in. My parents, they were very, very fortunate that they didn't have a tree, but the next, next door neighbor, the tree went through their house. Like it's, it's nuts. These things are happening around the world. And I'm just sitting here going, Christ, I haven't, because I haven't spent that time, but it's because the idea of family, what Caleb brought up earlier has changed in 2020. It's much different than the sixties or seventies or fifties, whatever of like sticking around home. Like my mom always would tell me that, you know, she just wished we lived closer because we could have those meals or we could have that time and grow up or whatever. And part of me wishes, yeah, we had that time, but at this, but for me, it's, I, it's just that idea, you know, that it's just, difference it's generations that we grow and we shift and we all have and stuff. Uh, ozu like meditate on those themes because he like never married he never had kids he lived with his parents like until they died wow and so this is him kind of like struggling with that i think like yeah. being a dutiful son watching the world modernize around you i mean a big plot point in this movie is that they're so fucking far away it takes over a day to just get to them and from where they are in Tokyo. But now 70 years later, you can make, you can take the bullet train and get, get from those points to in four hours. Like, and, and it's just so like, you know, yeah. what, how the world changes. And, and, uh, I, I, just, I think it's incredibly powerful and I, I don't know well, what else I could even no, and Like you said, want. incredibly relevant. Yeah. You know, I don't stuff think, never, never yeah, goes away. <laughs> I think it's, it'd be an internal, eternally relevant movie. Like we're gonna feel this way when our kids live on Mars. Sure. Uh, like Absolutely. I wish you guys could just come down to Earth more often, or go to, or go to school up on the moon, or go, know, yeah, or go to school on the moon. Okay. We'll call it. I'm not gonna send my kids here. to school on the moon with those elitists. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't wait to see that show. Um, but yeah, I mean, even they even throw in uh, Ozu even it, throws in the um, the being proud of your son, right? Like the the whole drinking thing we mentioned yeah. real quick. They were like, you know, are you proud? Are you proud of your son or whatever? You know, he sees a doctor. He's only just a town. He's like a neighborhood doctor. He's not even like a big time doctor. And he's like, well, yeah, maybe he's I I say his thing, but he's actually something else. But it's, you know, it's interesting. It's like that that old Japan where you have to like bring on and be a doctor or a lawyer. These like these professions that people respect so highly. Well, I mean, that was the most interesting part, in my opinion, as well, was that, you know, you have this perspective from this old couple, which is just that alone. That being the perspective of the story is just not something that we're I'm at least I'm used to seeing in films. Like, I'm not a big advocate for remaking things. But when watching this, I was like, I would love to see a 2020 version of this just to get the the same cultural idea, but also the uh, emotions and ideas of a couple at that age now. As opposed to in the fifties, I, I would love to to see where Noriko, the daughter-in-law, is, is at that age. Right, exa- like exactly. Not, not even a remake, but like a continuation of the story. And then, Ooh, like, the, yeah. yeah, it's seventy just, years. I don't know because who knows again, it's a it's what. a timeless story, and the notions behind yeah. it are timeless. Um, yeah, fucking the, Dude, some good shit. Loved it. Thank you. 
Yeah. That's that good shit uh, <laughs> that I like. Should we do the... If it's not clear, I think this. I think it's a five out of five. Like, all I, right, I he's throwing it down. He threw it down. Is that? A, that's I don't an think official... any, anything could be improved upon for my personal experience. Um, yeah, I'm gonna give it a four point five. Uh, you know, it's uh, just it's just not my number one movie of all time, and that's why I'm rever- reserving a five for. It, I think <laughs> I haven't given it a five yet, right? Yeah, you did. You gave it to Miracle. Did I? Yes. Yeah, the number one movie of all time. Oh, shit. All right. Well, then I got to give this a five, too. Okay, I'm going to give this a five, hey, too. If I give it a five to Miracle, then I've already thrown off everything. Um, <laughs> <laughs> damn it. All right. I'm, Miracle's I'm quick. giving it. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Miracle, yeah. No, it's totally cool. I'm. Oh, God, you guys. Is he going to do it? I'm going to give it a five. Hey, Opa! <laughs> classics are classics are classics. The nun, the number one movie on the Three M Affairs podcast. The only time this is going to probably happen. And we all agree. Yeah, we all agree. It's I, a classic. It was, it's a classic. It's a masterpiece. It's universal. Yeah. It's if you want to watch a movie that that uh, just educates you on how to make uh, a movie that is everything that we've discussed, easy to digest, like just the craft. It's I, just it underlined treats, period. Craft. It treats all of their characters with kindness too. It might like even it make your eyes water. You make my <laughs> eyes rain. <laughs> it's gonna make your eyes water out of your cry holes. Out of your cry holes. Um. Wow. Thank you for going on that journey, guys. Yeah, we did, did it. Thank five you. out of fives all around. Hell yeah. Joshua, yeah. Okay. Joshua Allen Stir. Oh God, he used the full name. I did. They're in trouble. All right, so. <laughs> Um, Brandon, I have one question for you. Do you have Hoopla? I don't even know what that is. That a thing? Apparently, it's a streaming thing in Canada. Hoopla? Hoopla. I don't. Know I, what that is. I, I, I I disagree. Okay, great. You so, disagree that it exists? So then yeah. I'm not going to request. So no, no, no. Uh, request whatever, find, I'll, Josh. I'll find it. it. I'll find, find it. it. I'll find it. I'll find it. He's resourceful. No, that, that's very fine. Resourceful. But like, no. The reason I ask because I I've been going a bit, you know, between two movies. Oh, okay. Because we didn't really have a theme, so I was going on this list, right? And um, there's one movie based on the cast and like the, the cultural re- relevance of the time of the U.S. movies or whatever. And then you know, Kayla brought up A24, and I was rec- like, I was talking to somebody at, at the bar this weekend. I went out finally, and they said um, they requested another movie that they thought was really good a couple years ago. Uh, do A24? Do the A24 one? You want to do the A twenty four one? I mean, I'm not gonna. Sorry, you pick whatever one you want, but I, I, my ears like. Can yeah, I, give, also, can I give you? Don't worry I, can, about me. I'll find whatever movie. Okay, can we, can we do like a table then? Can I, can I just name the two? All yeah. right, name the two, name the two, name the two. Name the the, A2, the the movie that's like culturally whatever the cast, uh, Apocalypse Now. Oh uh, fuck yeah! I mean, Marlon, our boy Marlon Brando, Frank Coppola, um, you know, 1979, Vietnam, Martin Sheen, everything like that. The other movie is First Reformed. Okay, I with, would, I would, um, I would be down for uh, either, but I mean, Apocalypse Now. Apocalypse Now. Like, How do we not do Apocalypse <laughs> Now? I mean, yeah, that's because that's what I was kind of going towards. Because because First Reformed looks very interesting in terms of religion and like faith and things like that. But in terms of just now. like our boy Apocalypse Marlon Brando, now. yeah, uh, I'm gonna okay. So fat Marlon Brando. <laughs> Officially next week, Apocalypse Now. Dude, uh, that is on HBO Max in the US. The best yeah. pick. Um, 
Yeah, I've actually never seen it. I know. What? Sure, oh, amazing. I know, I know, I know, I've never I know. seen it. I know. Uh, so, if I know. You, if, oh, this is good. If good. you guys have time, and this is okay. not necessary because I will rant about this for half an hour next episode for, if you guys <laughs> haven't seen it. But if you have time, watch the documentary Heart of Darkness. It's the documentary yeah. about the filming of Apocalypse Now. And it's. Oh, sure. Okay, cool. I will. Almost better than the actual movie because it's the craziest filming process. Should ever. we see? Should we see the movie first and then the documentary? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I would assume. Yeah, 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 and like, and again, I think like, we can if, make that a goal. If you don't end up watching it, it's fine because I'm stopping myself already from saying from all the things that it. happen. Um, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm gonna want to after the movie's over. Yeah, so I'll so, try to portion my time. I mean, out, yeah. just like tiny little, like th- tiny tidbits, like Martin Sheen had a heart attack on set. <laughs> <laughs> Charlie Sheen. Right. Well, no, that's something that they kind of say. Like they're yeah. like people. You know, Marlon Brando came out overweight. Martin Sheen had like a heart attack. Like, the whole what? thing is, and they still made this movie. Yeah, the sets got destroyed by tsunamis. Uh, uh, Emilio Estevez and Charlie it. Sheen, who were there as children, got sent home because they got super, super sick with diseases of some shit. It, it's wild. Awesome. It's absolutely wild. Anyways, uh, I cannot I, wait. Yeah. Thank you. No, so I'm so very, I'm very yeah. stoked. All right. If it was, now. if it was one of my favorite A24s, I might have pushed a little harder. But this is like, I mean, it's Apocalypse Now. We have to. Great. Yeah, amazing. It's incredible. <laughs> uh, great. I mean, I think that's, that's, thanks for fucking listening. Uh, <laughs> yeah, sorry about the being passionate before, but, you know. Yeah, sorry no, for good. being passionate. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. Let's see. Uh, new, uh, I'm interested slogan. to see the uh, differences and responses from our American and Canadian listeners. Yeah. Yeah, there's going to be plenty of people that are like, shut the fuck up. And hopefully, but hopefully some people. No, probably uh, not. I don't with it have been listening and they're they they know us so or they now know a little bit more about us. now you know how i feel uh, uh, about everything <laughs> so i guess uh, you know you want me to sign off you want to sign off uh go for it josh uh no, thank you for listening to uh three of my fairs on tokyo story remember to follow us on instagram at the let the number three mfaers podcast <laughs> Um, on you were on youtube apple podcasts uh, google podcasts spotify podcasts um, so follow us, subscribe, like, share, you know, you can find me on Instagram at, uh, stir underscore Joshua, Facebook, Joshua stir, Brandon. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Brandon Kyle McPherson. Uh, you know, find me on YouTube at Brandon McPherson. Uh, you know, find me wherever I'm not around. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you can find me on Letterboxd at C-J-C-A-S-D-S. Uh, I'm on YouTube with my name, Toho. Why'd you take my fucking shit down, bro? Oh, we We're gonna, I'm going to fucking that. come for you, bro. You can't take my shit, bro. Fair use, bro. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, next week for Apocalypse Now. Great. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> take care, guys. Thanks for listening. Boop, 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 boop.